We all need that refuge, don't we? Praise the Lord. Take your Bible, turn over to Psalm chapter 78. Psalm chapter 78. We gave away a number of gifts uh, this morning to our men, and I know everybody was pretty excited about that as they left, and uh, just a number of good things. I even walked away with a wonderful prize, and that was even better because I had something. Yeah, that's good. I like that. That was all right. Psalm chapter 78, verse 12. Yep. In Psalm chapter 78, verse 12, we begin reading, the Bible says, Marvelous things did he in the sight of, his, of their fathers. The land of Egypt in the field of Zoan divided the sea and caused them to pass through and made the waters to stand as in heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness, and gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock, and caused waters to run down like rivers. They sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. They tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lusts. Yea, they spake against God, and they said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Well, Father, tonight we ask that you would speak to our hearts and that you'd help us. We need you. There's no doubt, Lord, that we're just feeble, just humans. Lord, the fact is, is in this flesh, Lord, we are weak. And we're asking for your leadership, and we're asking that, Father, you would intercede on our behalf and Help us and empower us and enable us, Lord, to be better for you. And Lord, we ask that you would just once again walk these aisles and do a miracle in this place. May you fill me with your spirit and allow me, Father, to be the, the vessel I need to be. Lord, again, I ask that, Father, you would wash me and cleanse me. And Lord, fill me now with your Holy Ghost. Lord, I don't want to stand here in my own flesh and my own strength. I pray, Lord, that you'd put your very words in my mouth, and Lord, that you would just anoint me. Be, Father, with every listening ear, and may we, Father, allow you, Father, to speak to our hearts, and may the word of God be just deposited deep in the hearts of each and every person here, and may you put a hedge about us that the devil may not come along and steal it. Now, Father, we need you tonight, and we just commit this service into your hands, and we just know that without you we can do nothing. Bless us, we pray, this evening. Be with the service, be with the message, and Lord, be with each of us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Now, we have to understand the situation that we find ourselves in in chapter 78. As we are being told here, there's someone that's looking back. We talked about remembering this morning, but in this case, somebody is remembering something. They're going back and reminding the children of Israel about some things. Now, the people had witnessed marvelous miracles, and uh, it basically prompted Pharaoh to release the Israelites out of Egypt. And so the Egyptians let them go. And we see in the passage that as he's reminding us, he's talking about the Red Sea and how the Red Sea was before them and how behind them the Egyptians pressed hard. God supernaturally again delivered the children of Israel out of the hand of the Egyptians and through the Red Sea as he walled up the waters on both sides. 
God personally, the Bible tells us, guided the children of Israel by day with a cloud. And he goes on to tell us at night with a pillar of fire. And although, although there were millions of people that were in need of provision, God supernaturally interceded on their behalf. God provided them with water out of the rock. God provided them with manna to meet their needs and to continue to sustain them. Eventually, they find themselves wandering in the wilderness. And of course, we know that they would wander there for 40 years. What should have taken just a mere matter of months became a lifelong journey. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can He provide for His people? Can He meet their every need? Can God do the impossible? Of all the people on the planet... The Israelites, of all people, should have recognized the power and provision of God, shouldn't they? I mean, they had experienced it firsthand. They had seen it with their own eyes. From their lips came a question that provoked the God of heaven in a less than favorable manner. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? When it's all said and done, the real question was, can God? Again, the truth is that after all God has done for you and I, we too can find ourselves asking that question. We're not above it, that's for sure, are we? Therefore, I want to put this question to the test tonight. I want to engage a jury of their peers. And sometimes in a court case, the jury is polled and publicly required to state their particular vote or position. And tonight I want to poll the jury and ask them what conclusions they came to. And so let's just ask a few others whether they believe that God can furnish a table in the wilderness. I'll tell you what, let's talk to Noah. Right off the bat, let's ask Noah. Noah, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I can believe or I can hear Noah saying, well, I don't know about a wilderness, but what I know is that my family and I were, well, we were on an ark for over a year. We never missed a meal. Not only that, but I also had two of every kind of animal that you could even imagine. And there, while on that boat for a whole year, not one of them perished while in the ark. Sure, the rain came, and it seemed that we would all perish. Sure, it didn't seem like a very good, uh, a very good thing that was going to take place, but God sealed us up that day. And there we rode on top of that water, and for a year we found ourselves living in that space, and God met every need. He protected, He provided, and He gave us peace in the midst of it all. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I, well, I know He cared for me and my family for a year on an ark. i got to believe so. Well, let's ask one of the other jury. Hey, Joseph. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? A wilderness. Let's see. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Well, you know, I'm, 
I guess, I think he can. I mean, I was just a young man and my brother sold me into slavery. I was devastated. I have to admit, I was extremely discouraged at first, but it wasn't long after I knew God had a purpose and God had a plan. And I knew God was going to get us through it all. I can't tell you why or how at times, but I knew. And let me tell you, there were a number of ups and downs along the way. I think about Potiphar's house and especially spending time in prison. But through it all, God was good to me. I can't tell you how many times God supernaturally intervened in my life and provided for me, protected me. Now as I look back on everything, I can honestly say, sure, God can furnish a table in the wilderness. Juror number three. Hey, David. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Well, I know God can do the impossible, if that's what you're asking me. I mean, I remember being in a valley, and I remember looking up at Goliath, this great giant of Gath. He was a man of war from his youth, and, well, I was just a plain old shepherd boy. God had made it clear that I was to face him in battle. I had to face this giant personally. And, now, and listen, there wasn't much money riding on me that day. But God was on my side, and I can tell you that that giant fell. He was blaspheming my God, and I still remember thinking, somebody has to make that giant be quiet. Somebody has to shut his mouth. He can't continue to put my God down like that and wreck Israel's name. No way. It can't happen, and God gave me the green light. And I went out there into that valley, and I still remember facing him and looking up, and I thought to myself, wow, what a big guy. And then I remembered, wow, what a big God I see. And I pulled that stone out of that little pack there and I put it in that sling and I ripped it around and I flung that rock and right in the square middle of that giant's forehead, that rock sunk and he fell forward and down. And I raised that big old sword and down it came and off his head rolled. Then there was that time in my life when I was on the run from the king, Saul, and boy, God was good to me and those that followed me, and he provided us bread from off the altar, and he met our needs over and over again. You're asking me that question. Well, I'd have to say, sure, God can furnish a table in the wilderness. Hey, Daniel. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Well, I don't know about a table in the wilderness, but I can sure enough tell you that he can close the lion's mouth. I, wasn't, I was determined I wasn't going to stop praying. It didn't matter what kind of uh, edict was given, but boy, when I was bowing down, they finally came and they grabbed me up, and pretty soon I found myself being cast into a lion's den. 
I thought I was a goner. At least I should have been. But God shut the lion's mouths. I still remember laying on that one lion all night long. Matter of fact, I named him. Well, don't worry about his name. That doesn't really matter that much. But if you're asking me, can God furnish a table in the wilderness after what I've been through and what I've seen God do? My answer is absolutely yes. Hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what do you think? Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Well, we got to believe he could. (laughs) I mean, let's face it, we were facing a fire when Christ showed up. Everybody that day was convinced we were all goners. I mean, the fire was hotter than it's ever been. It was so hot that the people that threw us in burned up. But down in the midst of that fiery furnace, we weren't alone. You know what happened? Jesus showed up and he protected us from the fire. Sure, if he wants to provide a table in the wilderness, he can. Ladies and gentlemen of the court we have with us tonight, as a juror, one of the ten lepers that was healed. Mr. Leper? Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I had leprosy. I'd been to any every doctor I could possibly think of. There wasn't one person that could meet my need. There wasn't one person that could heal me. There wasn't one bit of hope that I had until I met Jesus. And there that day, me and nine of my buddies that had leprosy went before the Lord and we begged God and we cried out to Him and the Lord Jesus Christ healed us that day. I walked away that day a new man with a new future. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? He could heal a leper. Sure, He can do it. Finally, last but not least, Lazarus, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? <laughs> I'm kind of surprised you put me on the jury. As a matter of fact, I'm a little bit biased, don't you think? Well, no, we're just asking tonight. Well, you know my story, don't you? I mean, I was dead. Not only for a few hours, not only a day, but for days. Oh, I remember that my family sent word to Jesus Christ telling them that how sick I was and how dire a need I was of his presence. Oh, because we had seen the master heal over and over again. But he never came. But one day, I'm told, he showed up. And he met with my sisters. And he told my sister that he was the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in him, though he were dead, yet should he live. And there, amidst the weeping, the tears, he stepped up to that grave. And there he told the men to roll the stone away. 
I wasn't there when all that happened. I don't remember that firsthand. I was told that later, but I do remember hearing this voice. Lazarus, come forth. And I remember feeling kind of bound. And I realized they were grave clothes. But I was alive again. I rose from the dead that day because of the power of Jesus Christ. If you're asking me, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Oh, you're asking the wrong person if you're wanting a negative response. My response is simply this. Yes, indeed, he can indeed provide a table in the wilderness. Well, we just pulled the jury and the verdict is in, isn't it? God can furnish a table in the wilderness. He can do it. See, the children of Israel questioned whether God can furnish that table in the wilderness. So, God left them out there for 40 years to prove that he could. Take your Bible, would you look please at Psalm chapter 78. We're there already, but look at verse 23. We're going to look at 23 through 25. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them the corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. Notice that here again they're asking a question, but the Bible's telling us that God opened the doors of heaven, that he rained down manna for them to eat, that he'd given them the corn of heaven. They ate angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 21 says this, Yea, forty years didst thou sustain them in the wilderness so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old and their feet swelled not. Now think about that for a minute. I mean, we make clothes so that they fall apart in just a short time. So we have to go back out and buy them again. In this day, during those 40 years, in that kind of harsh environment, God said that for 40 years he cared for them and their clothes waxed not old upon them. That literally they never had to buy another suit of clothing. And their shoes never became worn out. That's hard to believe, isn't it? But that's what happened. Turn to Deuteronomy. We're going to see that same thing restated again in chapter 29, verse 5. Again, God wants to make sure we don't forget it. He tells us that. Uh, he uses Nehemiah the prophet. And then also we see here that in Deuteronomy, it's, we see it firsthand being shared with us. Deuteronomy 29, 5. says, and I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. And he's talking now to this generation that is going to go into the promised land. These are the ones that Moses will not lead in. These are the ones that Joshua will lead in now. And Moses is telling them, and I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxen old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxen old upon thy feet. He's talking to the very people that have gone through the wilderness. So he's saying it. If that wasn't true, they'd have been able to say, uh, excuse me, I've had to change my shoes five times. I've had at least ten different 
changes of raiment, Moses. You got it all wrong. No, they knew what he was saying was true. It's amazing how God did provide for them in the wilderness. God said, you know what? You're going to ask the question. You're going to question me. You're going to put me in that position. Okay, I'll prove to you that it can be done. Can I ask you a question or say that maybe you're in the wilderness this evening? Maybe you're tempted to ask the same question that Israel asked. Maybe you want to say, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I'm... Things aren't going real well for me right now. Life isn't dealing me a whole lot of good hands. I'm struggling in my life. There's issues that I'm facing and dealing with. Maybe my health or my relationships or possibly my spiritual life, whatever it might be, but it's not working out the way I'd intended or the way I'd hoped. And boy, I feel like I'm in the wilderness a little bit. And I'm struggling as to whether or not God can meet that need right now. In Psalm 78, 19, we read, Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Now, before we ask the question, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? We need to think about what we're really saying to God. Or when we say that, what we're really saying about God. Now again, in the passage, it's interesting in chapter 78, he prefaces the question by saying, Yea, they spake against God. Now remember, we had already noted all the miracles that God had done in their lives. So many things, I mean, delivering them out of Egypt, crossing them over the Red Sea, taking them through the wilderness up to the mount where there they received the word of God. And then God said, listen, I'm going to provide water for you, I'm going to provide food for you. Then into the wilderness they went and their their, their negativity, their criticism toward God grew and they wondered, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? And God said, well, again, I'll prove it. But think about why. Why would it say, yea, they spake against God? If they knew nothing about God, then how could they have spoke against God? They knew enough to know that he could. They chose to ask the question anyway. They didn't remember what God had done. They didn't allow what had had transpired in their lives and in their nation to make the impact in their life, to connect them to the God, to say, this is what God is all about. This is how God responds to us. Even though we may not deserve it, this is what God has done for me and what he's going to do in the future. We know God is someone we can trust and depend upon. Now, when we ask God or question God and his ability to provide for us, In a sense, we're effectively speaking against God as well. And you know what? When we do that, we can only expect a wilderness experience then. If we really want the blessings of God, if we want the promised land, if we want God to meet our needs the way we want God to meet our needs, then we have to believe that he can and that he will. See, the real question isn't whether God can provide a table in the wilderness, but rather will we allow him to provide for us? Provide for our marriages, provide for our homes, our families, our church, our nation. Think about what God's already done for us. I mean, we're sinners, right? We deserve, a, 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 we deserve hell. We don't deserve anything good. And yet God saved us out of our sin. Not only that, as we mentioned this morning, he literally indwelled us with the person of the Holy Ghost, Christ in us. He gives us the ability to overcome sin in our life, 
Oh, it's not easy, and it's going to be a battle, a constant battle, and we're all going to struggle, but God says, if we'll yield to the Spirit, we can overcome. God's going to give us the ability to live a life where we can truly interact with others and do it in a way that is positive and productive. God has provided us so many things. He's met our physical needs. He's met our emotional needs. He's met our spiritual needs. And then we have the audacity, if we're not careful, to sit back in the midst of a circumstance or situation that is tempting us to say, can God? And God says, listen, when you ask that question after everything I've done for you, in essence, it's speaking against me. How can you ask me that question after everything I've done for you? Will you and I believe his word or will we make God prove it every time? How many times does God have to reveal himself and manifest himself in our lives? How many times does God have to come through in the end before we finally say, I can trust him this time? And in our humanity, it's easy to question God on a regular basis. Listen, I, we're all human. But we've got to stop thinking with our feelings then and start believing the word. It is truth. If God is going to, can furnish a, a, a table in the wilderness, then we don't have to keep asking the question. He's done it over and over again in the lives of the Israelites, and he's done it in our lives. Every one of us in this room can talk about a time when God came through in our life, that he did something unique and special in order to carry us through the midst of a storm, a difficult time. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself tempted to ask the question again. We can't do that all the time. We've got to stop saying can and say, you know, he can. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Please turn there. There's no perfect people in the world. There's no perfect people in churches, none of us are perfect, but we have to come to the place where we learn. And we watch God function, and we see how he operates in lives. And we see and we recognize what he's done in our own lives. And I don't want to speak against God. And notice Hebrews eleven six. he says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Again, without faith, it's impossible to please him. The Israelites struggled with their faith, did they not? Isn't that why they asked the question, can God? That's a faith issue. Well, every one of us have struggled with our faith at some point. The question is, how long will we continue to do so? Will we finally come to the place where after experiencing God firsthand, enough times we'll finally say, enough's enough, God can furnish a table in the wilderness. 
And although this may not be exactly what I've gone through in the past, I just know that God has brought me through before he'll do it again. See, that's faith. Now we can please God because we're exercising faith. It's not a matter of an amount of faith. It is exercising faith in him. And the truth is, is that he can and he will. Because without faith, however, it's impossible to please him. Well, I just wonder whether or not I struggle to believe that God can. I, I worry about it and I, I, I fret over it all the time. And I'm just worried about it. You can't please God that way. Neither can I. Yet that's exactly what we do sometimes. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Forty years they spent in the wilderness. Forty years. You know what's interesting is that it would only be another generation or so before they finally turned their back on God again. That's crazy, isn't it? Joshua passes off the scene and there was a generation that knew not Joshua. Next thing you know, they're all back serving idols again. Well, we have short-term memory, don't we? And that's why this morning as we looked at 2 Peter chapter 1, the Apostle Peter is constantly saying, I'm going to remind you, 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 I'm going to remind you. Why? Because we have short-term memory problems. We all do. And the biblical answer is simply remember. Remember what he did the day you knelt before him at Calvary. Remember, remember what he did for you when you found yourself hurting, feeling sorrow and anguish. Remember how God comforted you in the midst of that trial. Remember how God enabled you to overcome that temptation. Remember, remember, remember how he provided for you, how he protected you, how he cared for you. Remember. That's what we all need to do is remember. Because when we fail to remember, we begin to question. And then we ask questions like, can God? But if we remember, we know God can. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, turn there please. <clears throat> sometimes you know we gather together in a place like this and everybody's for the most part dressed so nicely or comes with their church on vest on or possibly they bring their greatest smile and boy i tell you everybody looks good everybody's acting nice all the thing seems wonderful but there might be a lot of hurt and heartache in your life a lot of brokenness maybe and it gets hit and sometimes people come into the church maybe new folk and they look around and they say man these people are perfect they got it all together I mean look at them the husbands and wives I mean they act like they just love each other so much and they 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 get along so well and 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 look at their kids you know well they don't talk about the kids but anyway so they, no but they say look they're a perfect little family Man, I wish I had a family like that. I wish my life wasn't so 
wrecked and ruined. I wish I hadn't made such a mess of things. I wish I had that perfect marriage and that perfect home and that perfect life and that perfect... But they don't see, do they? They don't see past this. You and I know the truth, don't we? We're just humans. Some of these so-called perfect marriages aren't so perfect. Some of these so-called families aren't so perfect. We're just human beings that are trying to do our best to please Him. You know what? We fail miserably sometimes. But we've got to remember what He's done for us. And we need to remember this passage in Matthew 19, 26. He says, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. If we can adopt that principle in our life and really believe it and hold on to it, then you know what? We could believe that our marriages can be saved. That our families can be different. That our futures can have hope. Because with men it may seem impossible or be impossible, as he says, but with God all things are possible. Take God out of the wilderness wanderings. How do the clothes hold up? How do the shoes hold up? How do you feed millions of people in the wilderness? How do you make sure they got enough water to drink and to be able to sustain life? you put God in it, it all works out. Seemingly impossible is possible now. I don't know what you're going through in your life, but when we're dealing with ourselves, that's seemingly impossible. Because we know how impossible we are. But with God, all things are possible, right? There's hope for your marriage tonight. There's hope for you, me. There's hope for our families. You say, man, I don't make enough money. I'm afraid with gas prices going up and the cost of everything skyrocketing, I don't even know if I'll be able to make it. Can God... Furnish a table in the wilderness? Yeah, he can. He can. You say, but my faith is weak. <laughs> like that man in, the chat, in Mark when he says, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. And just beg God to help you with your faith. And you know how you do that? By remembering. Remember how it was when it got tight the last time. Remember how it was when you didn't know if you could pay your bills the last time. Remember how it was the last time you had a struggle in your life. And then remember, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. We polled the jury. They unanimously said, Yes, indeed, God can furnish 
a table in the wilderness. Tonight, you've got to answer that question for yourself. Nobody can answer that for you. Only you can. Nobody can answer that question for me. I have to answer it myself. I wonder. I'm going to ask you a question. Don't answer out loud, but before you answer, think about it. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Think about it. Because we're facing some wilderness times in our culture and our world, aren't we? Let's make sure that we're honest, though, with ourselves. Because, see, it's okay to struggle. But don't deceive yourself. Be honest with God if you're having a hard time. Go to him and say, Lord, I'm having a hard time believing. And I know that it sounds like I am speaking against you, but I don't want to sound that way. But I want you to know I'm having a hard time believing and I'm going to spend more time in your word. I'm going to spend more time on my knees. I'm going to start giving you a chance to speak to my heart and really work in my life and enable me to come to the same conclusions. Because in the end, Lord, I know with me and men it's impossible. But I want to know in my heart that with God all things are possible. Act like Christians are supposed to always have this faith that's so strong and steady that no one ever questions anything. Well, I want you to know, I've known a Christian who struggled with some things in his life. This area even. And he's standing before you. I've had issues. I've had to go to God and say, Lord, I need to believe. I need a stronger faith in you. This one's weighing me down heavy. It's hard. But Lord, I don't want to question you. I want to believe. It's amazing how God comes to our aid when we really seek. And he says, they that seek me early shall find me. Let's just be honest with God. There's too much at stake tonight. Too much at stake. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Yes, God can. But you have to ask, or should I say answer that question yourself. Tonight, what are you going through? What are you facing? What are you dealing with? What insecurities do you have? We've all got them. What do you need to deal with, though? What's hindering you and your Christian walk in life today? Or what's causing you to have issues in your marriage or your family or your life? Deal with them, because you have a God that can. Father, we come to you. We thank you for all that you do for us. And Lord, we're grateful for just the simplicity of your word. And Lord, there's nothing, nothing new that anyone has heard tonight. But Lord, we, I pray that we've been at least inspired and encouraged to say, you know what? God can. God can. Lord, I need you. And I know each person in this room does. And Lord, I, for me, it's just sometimes life weighs heavy on us. Circumstances and situations can truly 
tempt us, if not careful, to ask the wrong questions. Instead of remembering what you've done, sometimes we begin to ask what you can do. Lord, we know that you can do all things, at least intellectually, but Lord, may it be more than just a mental ascent. God, we need you today. And I thank you for the wonderful faith of the people of God in this room, but I also know, Lord, that we're all prone to respond like Israel did in our flesh. Help us, Lord, to walk in the Spirit and will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all